Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. We're going to be joined by a uh, high school football coach in just a second. We were talking about the Supreme Court ruling yesterday. Uh, the only Supreme Court ruling we're probably going to talk about on this show anytime soon. Good idea. I, I didn't even realize this case was going to the Supreme Court. You know, they say don't make a federal case out of it, but anyway, they did. Uh, the coach is Joseph Kennedy, and he was let go for what they called poor performance, but, you know, a lot of it was over this his, um, I guess, insistence that he was able to pray at the 50-yard line after games. And they basically told him, look, you can pray after games, we got to do it in a more private place. And he's like, no, I'm going to pray out here. And so that became a bit of a sticking point for them. So I don't know if he told the kids they had to pray or not. I didn't see anything that indicated that. But the school district's argument was that the kids looked up to him and felt like they had to kind of follow along because they look up to this guy and they felt coerced is the way they said it to pray. The dissenters, the judges who dissented, uh, including uh, Justice Sotomayor, said consistently has uh, court has consistently recognized school officials leading prayer is constitutionally impermissible. <clears throat> Says the ruling did a disservice to schools and the separation of church and state. So that's that's been the discussion and that's been the debate. No good. Yeah, no, it's good. Coach was on. Excuse he me. said he had a bad line, and he wanted to make sure, so he walked outside. And I got a bad lung, up. so we're even. Man, what'd you do? I don't know. You swallowed <clears throat> something? I don't know. Bug? Halfway? Bug. <clears throat> anyway, so I think we set the table okay. And again, I think, look, largely I think our listenership um, is fine with this. Oh, but, yeah. But again, obviously the Supreme Court is okay with it. But I think, you know, I think as we were talking about earlier, you got to make sure the kids are clear, like, this is not required. Or maybe, I don't know. I'm just curious what the conversation would be like. What do you do? I think in the South, it's uh, you're not going to find much resistance. I mean, because the church is so strong in, in the South and the faith and the religion. So what if I don't think it is, and it would be ever be an issue. What if you have a player who's a Muslim or a, or Jewish? Then uh, that's why it's it's an option yeah. to pray. Yeah, I'm guessing that's not a significant issue, but it certainly is something that needs to be considered. Would be my point. And you know how a locker room is. You, it's people from all different walks of life. Mm. I mean. But not, not. I think there's a lot more variety uh, from a, a demographic standpoint probably and certainly from a, a race mm-hmm. standpoint than you're going to get religious differences. Yep. You know, at least around here. It's a blend. I think yeah. in, in, you know, in certain parts of the country, obviously, that wouldn't be the case. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Brian Moppin, who was the head coach at Maumelle High School, was out golfing yesterday apparently not well enough i mean apparently coach coach james is uh he's either a great recruiter or he's really worked on his game but uh anyway this is probably a little more important than golf but anyway coach it was good to see you yesterday and appreciate you coming on to talk about this today how are you i'm doing all right doing well good so you, you kind of heard us set the table i think you understand what the the conversation is and again i think when we're talking about private schools versus public schools it's a different conversation this was a public school and you know Again, they didn't tell him he couldn't pray. He did, they just said they didn't want him to do it at the 50-yard line and, and do it in more of a public way. Uh, you've coached at different kinds of schools, I assume. Have you been at private and public schools over the years? A uh, little bit of private school. I attended a private university, um, and so I have a little bit of experience in both sides of the fence. Yeah. So what, what did you think about the ruling, and what do you think or what has been effective as far as a policy for you or what you've dealt with? You know, to be honest, I don't necessarily, I think to Wes's point, I don't necessarily know if the ruling is going to change too much. 
just as far as I think it's pretty common practice to this point under the umbrella of optional or player-led. As, a, as educators, we're really pushing and striving for player-led in all facets of education and sports and everything anyway. And so just along those same lines, one of the, I guess, fundamental principles that I've always stood by is allowing it to be player-led and a player initiative. And then I just come along and try to facilitate where I can without blurring those lines. Um, you know, selfishly or, or in my own point of view, because of my own religious views, you know, I'm excited that I get to openly participate now um, without, you know, getting in trouble or, or worrying about any of those kind of things. Um, you know, but I think that's one of the great things about this country is being able to practice your religion uh, publicly without fear of persecution. You know, we talk in church on Sundays about the persecution that the apostles and, and disciples, you know, experienced for their faith. I don't have that struggle. You know, and like Wes says, especially down in the South, it's almost embraced, encouraged, and supported community-wide, even if it's kind of taboo in some settings. Um, so for me, it's encouraging just to know that I'm open to do that. But we pray at the end of practice now, a child, a player leads it. We have a known atheist on our team. He has no problem. He's all about the team camaraderie. And if he doesn't participate in the actual, like, words of the prayer or anything like that, it doesn't isolate him or rub him the wrong way. He is, at times, overtaken by the camaraderie of that moment uh, that it's bigger than just do you believe in God or not. Mm-hmm. So do you have that discussion on the front end with your guys that, you know, if you don't want to participate, this is something that, you know, is not going to negatively impact you in any way related to the team? Yeah, I mean, it's not something you reiterate on a daily basis, but when we're implementing, uh, you know, obviously with this being a new job for me, uh, when you're implementing cultural things within your program, uh, like a FCA, we do FCAs on Fridays, that's obviously player-led and optional, uh, but we have, you know, 90 to 100 percent participation anyways just by making it optional uh but yeah i mean it's definitely set the table that you know like don't feel pre- i don't want to here's the thing as a christian man i don't want anybody to feel pressured into christianity anyways mm-hmm. let alone when i'm blurring lines with my profession did you ever worry before about this and now that you this know, talked- comes along it may take a little stress off of you yeah, I've talked to my mom about that at times. It's kind of different issues or, or things that I wish I could be a little more active for statistics-wide or a little more uh, line in the sand, I guess. But so from that standpoint, yeah, I mean, I think the kids, here's the other thing, Wes, is, you know, what I've noticed is we have kids leading prayer, and they ask me to pray at the end of practice at times. Mm-hmm. You know, and there have been times where I'm like, well, you know what, can I get in trouble with it? Can I? <laughs> you know, so it is nice to be like, you know what, if they ask me to pray over them, if they want me to pray for them, I don't have to feel like I'm doing something unethical by uplifting young men that are so important to me, to my Lord and Savior. So for me, yes, that is a burden lifted, um, but I'm still probably going to nav- navigate under the player-led lines anyway, just because that's where I really want it to come from. Anyways, the Christianity in our program or the good values of our program is exuded in every 
kind of fiber that I put into the way we do things, the way we treat each other, the way we talk to each other. I don't need a stationary prayer to set the tone for our program and the character that I want our young men to live by. It's funny, at church Sunday, uh, that was one of the messages, this, uh, uh, having an impact on uh, on people's lives. And, and she pulled out coaches, and she said, coaches have that ability. They already make a huge impact on, on so many kids' lives, but they can do it even greater, you know, as a Christian man and how that kind of impact it, it could make. And I think about the, the coaches that, you know, were out there yesterday or the ones that were around and talk about. There are so many that are men of faith that I know were making uh, big impacts in, in their community. And you were one of the first ones that popped up. But, you know, I started thinking about it now. It's just uh, you see it on Twitter, you know, just uh, coach after coach uh, spreading a, a, a great message to, their, to the students and to, to the ones on Twitter who really need it too. <laughs> yes, sir. No, I mean, definitely. I, I, when deciding what I wanted to do as a profession, you know, youth pastor and things like that came up. I'm obviously a father now. But thinking about my life, just like you said, when I lost my virginity, when I had a big struggle in my life, I didn't tell my parents, and I dang sure didn't tell my youth pastor. I talked to my coach about that. And so for me, I take that responsibility very seriously because good or bad, you're going to be that resource and that outlet for these young men. And so I take it really serious that I get to be a good outlet and a good reference for these young men to make good decisions in their lives because they're looking to us coaches they're looking for us whether our advice is foolishness or whether it is glorifying and they are looking to us and so for me that is a very distinguished role in these young men's lives and i try to do a really good job to honor that role and that position that god's put me in talking to brian moppa the head coach at mom high school excuse me so outside of all that uh, in yeah. taking over as a head coach you know you've had some time there now obviously getting ready for this upcoming season what what uh, what are the challenges? I'm just curious. Like when you walk in that door, I just thinking like how overwhelming it is. We talk about coaching changes all the time, usually related to college, and you're just like, oh, they got to figure it out. They got a way to do things. I mean, I would think that's. I mean, there there's got to be some things about that that are you know create anxiety or, or you know nervousness or whatever you want to call it. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, winning your winning your guys over. You know, teaching them the way you want things done. I mean. Uh, how's that process gone for you, and what are what are the things that are kind of the cornerstones for you? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, and obviously college coaches got a lot going on, so this is in no way, uh, you know, to devalue what they go through taking over a job, is when I take over a job, it's not like I'm able to clear the room out and bring in my own guys and fire everybody in it. Like, I have to cultivate a room full of grown men first. Like, some men who have been at that school – longer than I've been in coaching. And so for me, one of the most important, like, cornerstone things that I had to do coming in was I had to get the people that were there on board with what I see the vision for Maumelle football and Maumelle high school and the Maumelle community because those are the guys that are going to be in the trenches with me, winning over these hearts, putting in these plays, getting these guys to buy in and if I can't get buy in from that room then I'm fighting an uphill battle the whole way and in public education I can't just be like hey this guy's not molding with my vision Mm. he gotta go that's not how it works (laughs) and uh I was extremely blessed with the guys that I've inherited from there uh coach Horton did a great job of setting the table for me to be successful I was able to hire uh some really good guys and get them inside I think I have a lot of 
the best old season in the state, Carter Bertram, Greenbrier product, uh, coached quarterbacks at Arkansas Tech. He's done a phenomenal job. You know, but really, it, it's like you said, the biggest thing is not skipping a step and taking anything for granted or assuming that these kids, these coaches, these communities knows the right way to do things. It's not even the right way. It's the Brian Moffin way to do things, the way that I think will make us the most successful. And so, like, from even hand placement on a blocking technique to the way we put on our shimmels in the morning to the way we wash clothes, the way we keep the facility clean, like, every meticulous detail becomes so important because we're putting in a brand-new offense, a brand-new defense, and most of all, a brand-new culture. And any kind of thing that just gets kind of pushed through the cracks can erode all of that that you're building. And so really just trying to stay on top of those, how we warm up, the way we count, the way we talk to each other. I stopped at spring practice. We had a guy make an interception. He wanted to roll the ball back to the receiver. I said, whoa, that's never going to happen in this program again as long as I'm here. When we celebrate, we are going to celebrate big. Y'all have probably seen that. I know Wes has seen that on TV. I'm going to celebrate big, but my celebration is always going to be about us, not about degrading the opponent. We are going to have respect for the opponent, and then we're going to celebrate like crazy because we know the work that went into making that play, to calling that check, to making that interception or that game-winning touchdown. We're going to celebrate like crazy, but it's going to be about us. It's not going to be about degrading anybody else. We don't have to degrade anybody to show excitement in our own place. How's, how is it going so far in Maumel? I think it's great. Um, you know, I was actually talking to Coach Burson the other day, offensive coordinator, and we kind of just had a sit down and exhale right before the dead period. I feel like both of us feel like we're ahead of schedule. Uh, team camps of 707s went really well. Um, obviously, we're not where we need to be X's and O's to compete for a championship like we need to. Uh, but what I wanted to see was our guys compete at a high level, and they did that. They did that all three times that we did our competition day so far. They competed with the very best at a really high level. Uh, their character never slipped, and we're getting there. And we're going to have some really good players take the field for us this fall. I'm really excited to see what they can do. You know, the other trap of the situation is, as a coach, easy to take a five-year approach or futuristic approach of, oh, this is, you know, we'll build it up. This is going to be a process and all. Well, I owe it to these seniors. They don't have five years. They don't have five years. They got this is their senior year, and they want to win a state championship, and they want to go to college, and they want to have the greatest senior season of their lives. And so I can't take a five-year approach with these young men because they got a one-year approach. They got a six-month approach Mm -hmm. at this point. And so I have to pour everything I have into making this senior season the very best it can be for those young men in the room. Brian Moppin, head coach of Maumelle, joins us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. We were talking about the, the coaching demands, how they've changed over the years. Uh, we've seen some really good coaches get out, you know, whether they just move into administration or uh, totally get out of the profession. How have you seen the, the demands of coaching change over the years? Yeah, I mean, I think the I think the biggest shift is, you know, from the beginning, you know, I was a guy who was trying to work over spring break and put the kids through workouts and open up the weight room. And I was like, you know, so for me, and I don't know if that's because I played college ball and it's just kind of ingrained in you, like it's a year-round thing. Um, but what I think the biggest change is that that is now 
the MO, the modus operandi in high school sports. It's just like, hey, you got the two-week dead period, but the summer is nice. No more by in May, see you in August, you know. That's like I, I was doing our summer calendar this year, and I put, like, coaches report and fall camp, and I'm sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, what is even ceremony? We're going to see them two days before that Friday, and we're going to work out, condition, and practice. Like, there's no real, like, <laughs> there's no difference. It's just a never-ending grind. And uh, I just think that if you want to compete at the highest level, it takes that level of buy-in and dedication. But the thing that I've noticed is – the kids are all for it. And even the coaches of programs that aren't working like this, those kids are finding personal trainers. They're finding somebody to train them. They're seeking out this level of training and preparation from somewhere. So open your doors and provide it yourself because uh, they're going to be seeking out this level of training year-round regardless. Coach, thanks for the time. Covered a um, few topics there. appreciate it very much, and good luck this season. Oh, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you bringing this topic to light. You do. Take care. Thanks, Coach. Brian Moppin from Mom L. High on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline.